Before we get to the message today, we want to just share with you a little bit. I want to recognize all the, the men and women who have served in our armed forces that are part of our congregation today. So if you have served in the armed forces, I would like for you to raise your hands, please. I want to see who we have here. Okay, so we have several of you. First of all, we want to thank you. I recognize that Memorial Day is not for that, but I think every single day we need to be thanking, praising God for you and um, showing our respect, our honor, and our gratitude to you for serving our country. And we deeply appreciate that. So I want to thank you to begin with. But we know that this day has been set aside specifically for Americans who have fallen and are no longer with us. Uh, our warriors, our heroes. And so this morning, what I would like to do, how many of you have here today have family or friends or acquaintances who served in our country and died for our country and are not here today? Because I know I do. Okay, so we, we all do. What I would like for you to do with me, if you can this morning, some of you might not be able to, I would like you to stand with me as we, as we say the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag in honor of those soldiers, men and women. So let's, let's say our Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I want you to remain standing. Also, on this memorial day, as, as Dan so exquisitely put with the song, there was a beautiful song, we stand here today to honor the one, the one who died for all men and women to set us free from the tyranny of sin, the sin that so easily entangles us, and we want to thank God for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is a dual citizenship. We're part of the United States, but we're also a part of the citizenship of heaven. And so I would ask that you would join me as we say the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One brotherhood uniting all Christians in service and in love. You may be seated. Would you join me as we pray? Thank you, thank you, Lord, for the brave men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice. And we thank you for those who continue to live today that they help to serve and and, and we, just, we just appreciate them so much. But let us also remember those who courageously gave their lives. Today we count our blessings to live in a country that values freedom. Freedom bought by the blood of our war heroes. Father, most of all, 
We thank you for the greatest hero of all, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who defeated death and sin in the grave. And Father, he did this for each one of us so that we have dual citizenship here on earth as well as in heaven. And we eagerly await our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning before we continue on, Jerry's going to come and he's going to share in a poem that he wrote called Arlington. Arlington. Tombstones lined up in perfect order. Makes me think about when row by row they marched. Heading into battle for freedom they would fight. They knew that some would not return, yet they marched into the night. On they went over land and sea, obeying the commands, deep snows, jungles, mountain caves, and over burning sands. Sleepless nights and horrid days, wet feet and cold or hot, on they went, they would not quit this brave and burly lot. Some survived and some did not, and some were never found. Some died in plains and some at sea and foxholes in the ground. And as I stand here and breathe in deep the freedom that abounds, I must remember these who died and others buried round. And as I view these stones lined up and grounds all neat and trim, I dread to think what life would be had it not been for them. Amen. Thank you, brother. If you would like a copy of that, that poem out on the the fireplace there are copies of it if you would like that to take home with you this morning as we take time to reflect and remember i know that in my family uh, we had four that served in the military uh, my dad of course he's gone on to be with the lord served in the army my brother served in the united states marine corps uh, my son is now serving for the past 13 or 14 years in the United States Air Force. And of course, Sarah's brother, Dale, also served in the United States Air Force. And I'm sure that many of us here today have had many of our family, if not serving now, have served in the past. And I am so thankful for the freedoms that we have because of what they have done for us. You know, it's the old saying, and that song says, that song said it, freedom doesn't come free, does it? A lot of times, you know, freedom is bought by the price of blood. You know, it was Winston Churchill who once uttered these immortal words. He said, we shall fight on the beaches we shall fight on the landing grounds. 
We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. It sounds exactly like our family vacation. (laughs) And for some of you, that's probably very very true. But you know, um, I entitled this this sermon, um, Liberty or Death. Liberty or Death. And so there was this little seven-year-old boy. His name was Alex. And he was staring at this large plaque in the church foyer. And the plaque was covered with names of small American flags. And as Alex looked at it, his pastor walked by and said, Good morning, Alex. And Alex said, Pastor, what is this? Well, he said, it is a memorial to all the young men and women who died in service. Soberly, they stood together sharing, or staring at that plaque, this, this, this pastor and Alex. And in a small, tender voice, Alex asked, which service, the 830 or the 11th? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that's kind of funny because the innocence of a child, you know, the innocence of a child. But seriously, you know, there, there are so many quotes that I want to share with you this morning. Let me just share what Douglas MacArthur said. He said, however horrible the incident of war may be, the soldier who is called upon to offer and to give his life for his country is the noblest development of mankind. Take a guess at who said this. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day, one day, we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was like in the United States where men were free. Who said that? Ronald Reagan. That's right. Ronald Reagan has shared some of the some of the best quotes that I, I think of anyone. But a veteran is someone who, at one point in his life or her life, wrote a blank check payable to the United States of America for an amount of up to and including their life. So we should be very thankful for what these men and women have done. Benjamin Franklin said this, where liberty dwells, there is my country. There is my country. To be prepared for war is one of the most effectual means of preserving peace. That was stated by George Washington. Abraham Lincoln stated this, I'd like to see a man proud of the place in which he lives. I like to see a man live so that this place will be proud of him. Wow. Such, such great statements. These next two statements are by the same fella. An America that is militarily and economically strong is not enough. The world must see an America 
that is morally strong with a creed and a vision. That is what has led us to dare and achieve. And he goes on to say, for us, value counts. Who said that? Ronald Reagan. And I like what he says here. To preserve our blessed land, we must look to God. It is time to realize that we need God more than he needs us. We also have his promise that we could take to heart in regards to our country, that if, that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. It's quoting from First Chronicles there. Here's another one from Robert McCracken. It says this, We on this continent should never forget that men first crossed the Atlantic not to find soil for their plows, but to secure liberty for their souls. If you remember, they left under the tyranny of the church and the government in England for this land. God grant... God grants liberty only to those who love it, and we always are ready to to guard it and defend it. Daniel Webster. Uh, We would rather die on our feet than live on our knees, President Roosevelt. For love of country, they accepted death, President Garfield. But I think probably one of the most famous quotes ever made was during the Revolutionary War. When Patrick Henry said this, I know not what course others may take, but ask for me. Give me liberty or give me death. That's what Patrick Henry said. Tomorrow we celebrate Memorial Day, as I'm sure you already know. You know, to to some, Memorial Day is just another holiday. It's just another day off from work or just another day that we can go to the cabin or the lake or do an outdoor barbecue. But to those who have lost someone they love dearly because of war or military action, it is more than just that day that you get off work. It's Memorial Day, a day set aside to remember those who gave their lives for the freedom as we Americans all share and love. You know, we're not completely sure where Memorial Day got its beginnings, In fact, there are more than two dozen cities and towns that claim to be the birthplace of of Memorial Day. Um, But what we do know is this. It started with the tradition of decorating the graves of soldiers following the Civil War. We do know that. It was officially recognized by General John Logan, National Commander of the Grand Army of the Republic. And formally observed with when flowers were placed on the graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers in Arlington National Cemetery on May 30th, 1868. After World War I, this observance expanded to include not only those who died in the Civil War, but those who gave their lives fighting in any war in America here. So tomorrow, all across America, 
people of all ages, all ethnic backgrounds and faiths, we join together to remember the sacrifice that our servicemen and women have made in wars past and present so that we can enjoy our freedom. Those brave men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I could be here today in this, in this building, worshiping the way we want. You know, the Bible is also, I think it's so full of memorials. You know, the words remember, the words remembrance and memorial are found more than 230 times in the New Testament and Old Testament. In our Bibles, God reminded his children in the Old Testament to remember that they were once slaves in Egypt. And so he, he, he commanded them to observe the Passover as well as other holidays as a day of remembrance. That's how important it is. In the New Testament, Jesus says that every time we approach the communion table, every time we gather around the, the Lord's table, we do this in remembrance of him. Every Lord's Day when we come here, we, we partake of the communion. We do it in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this and every Memorial Day is important to us as Americans and not just as Americans, but as American Christians, as, as Christians, it's important to us. It's important, and I'm going to share three reasons why I think it's important. First, Memorial Day is a day for remembering. You know, as Americans, Memorial Day is an opportunity to remember those brave soldiers who sacrificed their lives defending our country. Jesus once said this, and we just, I shared it in my um, opening, and, and Dan shared it on, on the, up here, you know, the last scripture, if you saw it there, was John chapter 15, verse 13, and it says this. Jesus once said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's exactly what they've done. Our servicemen and women have been willing to do this very thing since the, the founding of our nation. Did you know that in the Civil War, 498,000 Union soldiers died and 133,000 Southern soldiers, Confederate soldiers died in the Civil War. In World War I, 116,000 soldiers died. In World War II, 407,000 soldiers died. You know, as I was talking with my brother yesterday, he brought out his, his vest and it had my dad's, some of my dad's insignia on it and the, the things that he had won. And he was in the seventh, the seventh division or the seventh infantry for the, for the Korean conflict. And he had that on there. And we were talking about that. And one of it said 54,000 American soldiers died during the Korean conflict. And then just a few years later, in the Vietnam War, 58,000 soldiers died. In Desert Storm, 148 men died, men and women. And as of July of 2021, there have been 4,431 American soldiers who have died in the Iraqi War. Of course, there were other conflicts, other casualties as well. But at this point in our nation's history, more than one million Americans have died in wars around the world fighting for the freedom that we deeply enjoy in our country. Deeply enjoy.
You know, I, I would guess that we have some here today who had family or friends who served our country with distinction and who never made it home. Who never made it home. You know, when, when I was sharing and thinking about this, this couple came up. Their names were Keith and Carolyn Maupin. They know of the agony of, of their soldiers not coming home. See, they raised their son Matthew in the suburbs of, of Cincinnati. He saw the images on, during 9-11 on, our, on his television, just like you and I did. But for Matthew, it was it, it, it kind of ignited in him this sense of patriotism and it compelled him to enlist in the Army Reserves in, in the year 2002. And at six foot two, 220 pounds, and a boot size of 15, Matthew was considered a gentle giant among his fellow soldiers, a big boy. He served in the 724th Transportation Company out of Bartonville, Illinois. And on April the 9th, 2004, Matthew Maupin was reported missing in action. For almost four years, his parents, Keith and Carolyn, worked tirelessly to ensure that the search for Matthew and the four other soldiers that were missing remained in the public eye. You know, they founded this thing called the Yellow Ribbon Support Center in Cincinnati. And what they did was they sent care packages to deployed servicemen, members, men and women. They provided moral support and encouragement to deployed troops and families. But then on March the 29th, 2008, just a few years after he had joined, Matthew was finally found, but it wasn't what they hoped for. They found what remained of his body and he was brought home. But listen to this. They went to have the church service but they knew that none of the church buildings around there would, would be big enough to hold the crowd for the funeral. And so what they did was they held the funeral in the Cincinnati Reds baseball stadium. That's where they held it. It was filled to capacity with people who came to honor a soldier that gave his life fighting for the freedom that you and I have today. On this Memorial Day, I know of one family who pauses to remember. It's Matthew's family. And we remember too. But you know, let's take it a step further. As Christians, as Christians, Memorial Day is also an opportunity to remember Jesus. It's an opportunity to remember Jesus Christ who sacrificed his life in order to give us eternal life. He's the greatest hero of all. As the, as the song said, the greatest soldier of all. The greatest warrior of all. Inscribed on most communion tables in our sister churches are the words, do this in remembrance of me. Those words come directly from the mouth of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Verses 23 through 25, this is what it says. It says, For I have received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, 
on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now think about that for just a second. How many years ago did he do this with his disciples? A couple thousand years? We just did it today with one another. We are remembering what they were told to remember. We're remembering the, th- the same thing about what Jesus did for us. In a sense, for Christians, every Sunday is a memorial day. Every single Sunday. Every time we gather around the Lord's table, every time we get together as Christians, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. And you know why we do that? You know why we do that? Not just because the scripture tells us to, but because we don't remember very well sometimes. We forget. And so we need to have something there that stirs our memory to help us to, rem- to remember. And Jesus knew that. And that's why he did this to, for us to observe that so that we would remember him until the day he comes back to be with us. God established the Lord's Supper as a memorial to his crucified son. You know, marble slowly crumbles, bronze will deface, you know, dates will drop from the calendars. Biographies go out of print. Streets are are renamed for new heroes. But Christians, Christians have used communion as a reminder of of the body and the blood of Jesus for 2,000 years. And we're going to keep on doing that until the day he comes to take us home. Or we go to meet him before he comes back. Inscribed at the base of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. are the words that I'm going to share with you. It says, In this temple, as in the hearts of the people for whom he saved the Union, the memory of Abraham Lincoln is enshrined forever. In the same way, folks, in the same way, the Lord's Supper was began as a living memorial to enshrine the memory of Jesus in our hearts forever. To enshrine the memory of Jesus in our hearts forever. And that's what Memorial Day is all about, remembering the ones or remembering the one who sacrificed it all for our freedom. Furthermore, Memorial Day is not just about remembering. It's also, believe it or not, a day of rejoicing. I tried not to say when I came in here, and I almost caught myself when I was shaking hands with Perry, saying, Happy Memorial Day. No, it's not Happy Memorial Day. It just isn't. You know, as Americans, we rejoice in the freedoms that we have in this country. The men and women who have given their lives in service for our country didn't do it for nothing. They died fighting for the freedom we enjoy 
and it is freedom that we celebrate on Memorial Day. You know, we have this freedom. We have the freedom to vote for our leaderships in this, in this nation. We have the freedom to debate who we should vote for or not vote for. We have the freedom to poke fun at those who are running for office if we want to. We have those freedoms if we want to do that. And trust me, they do get poked at a lot. But we have that freedom because men and women have died for this country. We have the freedom to preach God's word freely. Amen? I mean, as your preacher, if we didn't at any time, someone could walk through that door and kill us all. We have the freedom to be able to do that. We have the freedom to assemble together as Christians and worship the God that we love. How many of you own a Christian t-shirt or t-shirts? Anybody? Okay, there's a few of you. Raise your hands. Okay. Someone made this statement that they have a t-shirt and on the back of the t-shirt was this quote. It It had a picture of the cross like that one in the middle there. And the, here's the scripture, Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. On the front of that t-shirt, this is what it says. This shirt is illegal in 51 countries, 40 restricted nations, and 11 hostile nations. And you know what? It's true. There are 51 countries in the world today where I could be imprisoned or even killed for wearing a t-shirt with the image of a cross and the words of scripture printed on it. That's scary. Tomorrow, when we gather around the picnic table with our friends and our families, you ought to celebrate and give thanks for the freedom that we have in America because freedom doesn't come free. Atop of a hill in Washington, D.C., stands the Capitol building of the United States of America. The cornerstone was laid in 1793, but the crowning piece of the Capitol building is the statue on top of the rotunda known as Freedom Lady. Freedom Lady. And it was placed there in 1863. The Freedom Lady stands nearly 20 feet tall, proudly atop of the dome. A crest of stars frames her face, and a shield of stars and stripes are in her left hand. Notice her right there. She has the sword down in her right hand. Sculpted in Rome. This was sculpted in Rome. The Lady was brought to America aboard a sailing ship. During the trip across the Atlantic Ocean, a fierce storm developed, and the captain ordered the cargo thrown overboard to lighten the load. The sailors wanted to throw this heavy statue overboard, but the captain refused, and shouting over the wind, he said, No! Never! We'll flounder before we throw freedom away! And so Lady Freedom was saved, And the statue stands above the dome today because of one man who stood for freedom. And likewise, 
we can enjoy freedom today as Americans because of the men and women who stood and fell in the defense of it. And now as Christians, we have even more to rejoice in, don't we? We all know that. We can rejoice in the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ as we participate in a day to remember those who died for freedom. It is fitting to remember the one who died to set us free from spiritual tyranny. Absolutely, from spiritual tyranny. Jesus fought the armies of Satan that we might have freedom in his holy name. And Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, these words, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom. And see, Jesus died in order to set us free from sin, free from the law, free from death, and so much more. And the truth is this. The only way to experience genuine freedom is through Jesus. Everything else is just an illusion of freedom. You know, John tells us in in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, these words. He said, Jesus said, well, it says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said this, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. That is true freedom right there, folks. There was a prisoner in Sydney, Australia, who tried to escape from this jail by climbing underneath of the hood of a van. It was a delivery truck that was delivering bread to the institution. And so he tried to escape. He crawled under the engine compartment in there. I don't know how he fit in there, but he did. So when the, when the van made its next stop, the prisoner snuck out of underneath the hood. He was hot. He was dirty. But what he found was he found himself in the yard of another prison just four miles down the road. <laughs> Bummer. It didn't work. You know what? Like that prisoner, like that prisoner, our own attempts at lasting freedom often leave us in another prison four miles down the road of life. They really do. Often our attempt at freedom from, from our sin with, and with God, they leave us, they leave us dejected, dirty, and in another prison, and usually that prison is of our own making. That's the frustration about it. You know, that, that shouldn't surprise us because we cannot, let me repeat, we cannot save ourselves. We can't. We cannot save ourselves. It just isn't going to happen. We cannot save ourselves. And I know that it almost sounds anti-American to not encourage you to say, oh, you just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But when it comes to our relationship with God, salvation and freedom comes from what Jesus has done for you, not what you or I might be able to do for him. It comes from what he has done for us. We don't earn God's love. We are invited to enjoy it. We are invited to experience it. We are invited to embrace it. But we can't save ourselves and just as our American freedoms have, 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 bought, have been bought and paid for by the blood of the soldiers, past and present, our eternal freedom has been bought and paid for by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
there's something worth rejoicing in. It's so worth rejoicing. This chaplain, this chaplain was ministering to a soldier in the hospital, and he said, you have lost an arm in this great cause. And this is what the soldier said. The soldier replied, I didn't lose it. I gave it. Jesus did not lose his life either. He willingly gave it for each one of us so that you and I could be reconciled to God. That's what he did for us. And finally, Memorial Day is not just a day to remember and a day to rejoice. It is also a day for ringing out the message of God's saving grace. You know, one of the most prominent symbols of freedom in the United States is the Liberty Bell, isn't it? It's the Liberty Bell, which hangs today in the historic district of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's been called an icon of liberty and justice. Its most famous ringing was on July the 8th, 1776, when the sound of the Liberty Bell rang out from the Tower of Independence Hall summoning the citizens to hear the first public reading of the Declaration of Independence by Colonel John Nixon. In that moment, the Liberty Bell fulfilled the purpose designated by its inscription. Does anybody know what's written on the Liberty Bell? Anybody? It's the scripture from Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10. It's in the King James Version. It says this. I'm just going to read this, what it says on there. It says, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Notice what it says. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the inhabitants thereof. That's what it says. The purpose of the bell flows out of God's word. And so does ours. It does. God has the same purpose for our lives today to proclaim liberty that is only available through Jesus Christ throughout the world. You know, there's this old hymn, and I checked, it's not even in our hymn books, but it's an old hymn that was written by James Rao. Does anybody know of it? It's called Ring the Message Out. Has anybody ever heard it ring the message out? Here's what it, it goes like this. It says, there's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will, it will give them courage new and will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out the wonderful news that makes men happy and free to all the loss of nations. Ring the message out. You know, no, no matter where we live in this world, whether we live in America or we're, whether we're, we're American or African or Australian or Asian or whatever, whatever we are, Paul reminds us that we have a common need for the free gift that God gives us through Jesus Christ. When he says in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 24, these words, he says, Now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. 
It says, this righteousness is given through the faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. All men, all women have the same opportunity at that redemption that came through Jesus Christ. No matter where you live or who you are, we all have that. And as we remember those who fought and died for the cause of freedom, this is the message that Christians everywhere need to ring out this Memorial Day and every single day, not just Memorial Day. And as we close this morning, at the outbreak of the Revolutionary War, if you remember, I shared this earlier, the American statesman Patrick Henry uttered the famous phrase, give me liberty or give me death. And it became the slogan of the revolution, liberty or death, liberty or death. There was no other option. There was no other option. You know the state motto of New Hampshire, it's on the license plates. Does anybody know what the license plate for New Hampshire says? That's right, live free or die. That's right, live free or die. You know, they take their freedom seriously in New Hampshire as well as in the rest of the country. We take our freedom seriously. You know, as Christians, we take our freedom seriously, um, but, but we take it also joyously. So we celebrate Memorial Day not just as only as a day to remember those who gave their lives to make America free, but also as a day to remember, to rejoice, to ring out the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be doing that. So when you're at your picnics and your, your, your heathen family comes in, you have the opportunity to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ with them. Ring it out. Share of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ with them. That's what God wants us to do. Celebrate tomorrow, not only as a nation founded on freedom, but as people who have discovered and want to share the ultimate freedom in Jesus. There are no other viable options for lasting freedom. There aren't. This freedom in Christ calls us to celebrate, to share, and to live out each day. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So if you need to experience the freedom that Jesus offers, if you have been struggling with a particular sin or just life in general, then freedom begins right here in God's word. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32 there. Jesus said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you know Jesus? Do you want to know Jesus? Whatever your need is today, we are here. Whether it's to come and to be immersed into Christ in the water graves of baptism, whether it's to place your membership with this body of believers because you want to belong to a body, whether it's to come forward this morning for prayer, whatever it is, we extend 
that invitation to you to come. So would you please stand as the band makes its way forward to sing our last song. Come if you need to come this morning.